This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about authenticity in customer service, and I'm actually going to give you two little vignettes, two little examples. One is going to be, here's the right thing to do, and one is going to be, here's what you want to avoid if you want to be authentic in customer service. And these are actual experiences that I had recently in travel. So first of all, I had been delayed on a flight, and because of that delay, I missed my connection. And so my next flight is from Chicago to Colorado Springs. I barely get on the airplane. It's late at night. It's a full flight. It's a very small plane, the ones I absolutely hate. I have a window seat, which I can't stand. Cold air is blowing, and so I'm freezing. My legs are cramped. And I'm in the back of the airplane. These are all things I absolutely dread. But I'm in the back of the plane in this non-preferred seat because of all of these misconnections on the airline. And so I'm already poised, possibly, maybe not to be in the best mood. However, when I get to the airplane, the flight attendant is standing in the doorway and she welcomes me as well as all the other guests on the plane with the most beautiful smile. I feel as though I am a guest in her house, coming to her living room. And I noticed this right away because although it should be typical, it's not typical to have flight attendants like the one I'm describing. As we're on the flight, she also provided extremely generous service with a smile. She connected with each person. She found out what it was you wanted to have on the flight. She came back to see if you wanted a refill, if you wanted more. And in most cases, I've discovered that flight attendants rarely come back. You have to ring the bell and then they look annoyed to even come over and to see what you want, not her. She continued her service with a smile and again, as though you were her valued an honored guest at her home. Earlier on the plane, before the flight actually started, there was a baby with his mother, and that baby was real fast. He was probably just over a year old, maybe about a year and a half max, and he comes flying to the back of the airplane by himself, and his mother's all the way up in the front of the airplane, and as I mentioned, it's a very small plane, so there's not much room to maneuver in. The flight attendant comes down to the back of the plane and she keeps a nice healthy distance between her and the baby and she makes herself an object of interest and she's talking to the baby and as she's talking to him and the baby's getting engaged and walking towards her, she's backing up and the baby's walking to the front of the plane and it was just masterful how she got the baby from the back of the plane to the front of the plane without ever even touching the baby but the baby was smiling and he was returning her smile and her happiness was actually infectious and he was attracted to that. She was 
on the flight, very visible, very available. And she inspired what I would call a sense of calm and confidence. She had what I would call a contagious pleasantness. So at the end of the flight, because I'm in a window seat, it took me a while to get off the plane. I'm in the back of the plane. So I'm one of the last people off of the plane. And I stopped to really acknowledge her for everything she did to make this a pleasant flight and to make it a delightful flight. And she says, well, you know, I really love my job. And she says, can you tell? I said, yes, I can tell. It really shows. And I encouraged her to really continue what she was doing. And I said, I really hope I get to fly with you again. And it would certainly be a pleasure for me to be on the same airplane as that flight attendant. I can still see her face in my mind because she was memorable, absolutely memorable. Now, that's a person who recognizes the purpose of their job and recognizes what's required to take their job to the next level to provide outstanding customer service, and that's what she provided. Now, let me give you an example of the contrast. I was recently renting a car, and the agency that I normally use, they were sold out of cars, and so I was not able to rent a car from them at the location where I was going. So I went with an alternative company that I don't usually use, but it was one of the big agencies. It wasn't a fly-by-night It was one of the big players. And the car rental was extremely expensive because it was holiday time and there was a huge demand, you know, for cars. I wasn't too happy about having to pay this extremely expensive weekly rate. However, I needed a car at that location, so there it was. However, when I arranged my reservation and I talked to the telephone agent, He and I agreed that I would have this coupon on my reservation for a car upgrade. And he says, if they have the next car upgrade on the lot, you will get the upgraded car. It wasn't like an optional thing or maybe we might do it, but in fact, you will get this upgrade. And so that was part of, in my mind, the promise of this reservation and particularly since it was so expensive. So I rented an intermediate car knowing that I would be able to upgrade to the standard and typically I would rent a full size, but you know, with the expense, I wasn't gonna go that far this time. So when I got to the counter, the rental car counter to the agent. Initially, she was very friendly and very pleasant and she smiled and said hello. And then she says, well, would you like to uh, purchase an upgrade for X amount extra per day? I said, oh no, we have a coupon for a free car upgrade and it's in my profile and this was um, uh, guaranteed for me and this, that, and the other. She said, oh no, we're not doing any." free car upgrades in this holiday period. So no, there's no way that we'll be uh, doing that. That's only if we have the the, possibility of doing that. So, but you do have the cars because you're offering me one. Oh no, but we're not doing any free upgrades, she says. And so at that point, I'm now no longer in the best mood because I feel as though this is a promise broken and it was part of the terms of me renting the car from this particular agency. No matter what I said, there was no way she was planning to honor that. So then she says, 
will you have more than two people in your car? I said, well, yeah, at some point we will. Oh, well, then you might want to really consider this upgrade because I said, well, just how big is the intermediate? And she was acting as though the intermediate might only hold two people or something. And it was just going to be my husband and I. And so I said, oh, no, I'm sure we'll be fine, you know, with the intermediate size car. So when the car upgrade didn't work, she moved on to say, well, I noticed that you didn't add the extra insurance. She says, would you like the insurance? I said, oh, no, I have my regular car insurance, covers me in rental cars, and I also have the supplemental insurance for my rental cars. And then she says, well, you know, that might not cover you for this, that, or the other, and blah, blah, blah. However, I knew that it did because I had been in a previous accident where someone hit my rental car and I had a chance to test the system and I knew that the insurance coverage I had was adequate and that it would work. So I said, oh no, we'll, we'll be fine. We really won't need that. So then at that point, her whole demeanor shifted when she couldn't sell us an upgrade to a higher level car and when she couldn't sell us the insurance, she suddenly became nurse ratchet. (laughs) She was unpleasant. It was like night and day, like a switch had been turned from on to off. Now, what she didn't know is that even though I have no status with her company, I rent cars multiple times a month. And therefore, my regular car carrier have a huge status And what if I had been in the market even for changing rental car companies? She's already showing me that I don't want to deal with this company because they made a promise and broke it. And when trust is compromised, I now don't trust them. And the way she's acting, I certainly am not impressed. The point is, you don't just provide good customer service because you are being instrumental and trying to get something, meaning get this person to buy more. Instead, you provide excellent customer service because that is part of the job that you're in and it's what is supposed to be done. And the whole time I talked to her, I never became unpleasant or difficult, or changed in my tone of voice. And in fact, when we left the counter, I wished her a happy holiday, which she did not even return that greeting. Now, that's just unfortunate. You have a choice in this life, in your work, and in your job. You could be like that flight attendant who understood the value of excellent customer service, or you could be like the rental car agent who really didn't get the bigger picture of customer service. And here's what I would say. It's important for you to think about three things. One, develop and cultivate your best self for the job that you have. In other words, if you have a job that's customer facing, that takes extra effort and energy. If you're not that person, go do something else. The woman who was the flight attendant, she said she loved her job. Everybody who was around her could feel that. She made them feel a love for being there with her. So if you're not the right fit for the job you have, you can also develop yourself so you can be a better fit or move on and let someone who's gifted and talented in that area take your slot. Number two, treat people right 
because it's the right thing to do, not because you might get something out of it, but treat people right because it's the right thing to do. And number three, delight to do more rather than less. You can't go wrong with those three principles. Be your best self, do the right thing because it is the right thing, and delight to do more rather than less. So may you have wonderful adventures in delivering customer service like that flight attendant because you love your job and certainly you want the other person to feel special when they benefit from your service. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.